Thank you for tuning in. You're watching Burnham Podcast on YouTube or maybe on Rumble. You can also find it anywhere you listen to podcasts. So wherever you've found it, know that you can find it other places too. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for watching. If you like what you see, here's how you can help. Head over to patreon.com slash Burnham Project. Thank you very much. So I've known tonight's guest since he was nine years old. Coached him in upward basketball, and then again in high school football. Coached his little brothers. Um, we've had run a lot of uh, of a similar timeline throughout the last 25 years or so, and it's great to have him on and be able to sit down with him again tonight. We get into some seriously heavy stuff, and we have our share of laughs too. Uh, we got Mr. Lyle Morris on tonight. Welcome to Burnham Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Burnham. This time it's on. Oh, so we're live just like that. Welcome to Burnham Podcast, right? With Lyle Morris. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. Hey, man can't is, can't complain. It is so good to have you on. You too, buddy. Well, yes, good to be here. Yeah, good to be too, here. Buddy. That's not inappropriate, I guess. <laughs> Don't you? Good to have I, you on your own show. It's great to be. I wasn't on my own show last week. Oh, somebody else was. Chris hosted. There you go. And he was on with Ishmael Woods. Um, they go way back. So I was like, hey, man, do this interview. Like, okay, I'm trying to boost him into his own podcast. Yes. He started it uh, a couple years ago. He right? had a great thing going with Paul Perspective. And yeah. I'm trying to get him going again yeah. and get him some exposure and push him out of the nest. And all anyway, so I didn't. Yeah, I wasn't on. So it's great to be back on my own podcast. There you go. I sat right over there and watched. <laughs> but uh, I was trying to think today. When was the last time I actually saw you? I was thinking that on the way over here. I have. I've seen your whole family. I feel like beside since I've seen you last. How long have you been in North Carolina? Uh, it'll be two years in January. Really? So yeah, yeah, almost, Moses, almost two years. And, um, I know I saw Drew like right before I left, I feel like he was in town and then I'm, yeah. I'm sure I've seen your mom around. Uh, and then your, Everybody o- sees mom. your other brother with the long hair, Matt, What's, Matt. Okay. Yeah. I know I gave him a quote on a roof one time before I left. So oh, okay. yeah, I saw all, I saw your whole family. People are like, a lot of people have been like, Hey, let's hang out. And I'm like, bro, you gotta come on the podcast. Cause that's like, this is my social life. That's now. I, yeah. the time I had to talk to people. I just gotta get you on. We can sit down and hang out. There's only so, so many hours of the day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And a wise uh, missionary was on here a couple months ago. Now it said, he, he made this super clear to me. He said, uh, a yes somewhere is a no somewhere else. That's right. For better or for worse. Yeah. And, you know. And that's hard to, for me anyways, that's hard to learn sometimes because I'm like, uh, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. Yeah, I can do that too. Right. Especially when I was very involved with church. It was like, yep, 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 yep. And then seven days a week, I'm like doing something. Right. You gotta, it's, it's something else besides family and wife what's, and all that stuff. Yeah. So you got to, um, yeah, man, you got to really take care of your time yeah. i think that's it's very important yeah, yeah so speaking of time though we we go way back as it turns yes out. we um, do we weren't exactly sure how far so it's 20 when you're listening to this who knows when it'll be but right now it's 2023 yep and we were we kind of narrowed down to like 99 2000 yeah yeah uh, when i coached you in upward basketball yeah so that's wild right yeah what's 13 14 years something mm-hmm. like 20 years long. 99. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. not. It's 2023. <laughs> <laughs> it's been 10 years since I graduated high school. It's been Mm-mm. more. It's been 14 years. It's been 14 years, years since you, you're the same age as Drew, right? Yeah. God, time flies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. We graduated together, me and Drew. Yeah. yeah. 09. Wow. See how fast it goes? So, yeah. 20 something years. Okay. It's been a while. And then I coached you again in high school. That's right. Yeah. 
Fantastic, man. You and all your, your brothers and yes, the Morris Bunch could have. Like, I watched you guys grow up and come through school and all that, and the Morris boys reminded me so much of the Burnham boys. Yeah. My three brothers, you know, and all this knucklehead <laughs> stuff we got into. But, that's right. Man, so, so, you know, that's sort of the background. What are you up to now? Yeah, so now uh, – like we mentioned, I've lived in Raleigh with my wife and, and two kids since uh, 2021, January of 2021. Uh, and this last year, I opened a my own roofing company. Been doing the roofing thing for um, since 2018, I guess. And moved up there to take a job that uh, was supposed to be a lot more money, and it was, but there was a lot of like... I didn't jive with the culture yeah. of the company. Um, and that's, and that's big. And, and another thing that would happen is as a salesman in the roofing industry, it's kind of how it works for most places. Um, you're an independent contractor. So you go and you go acquire this customer, you nurture that customer, you make sure that, you know, you build this trusting relationship and, and me anyways, I really, um, wanted what was best for them right and then i would hand it off to the office at this company in north carolina and they dropped the ball kind of over and over uh, and over. And i'm like what am i what else am i gonna do like yeah. i moved my whole family up here 500 miles away and uh i was getting at the time it's funny how things just kind of work out to, back to the time thing i yeah. guess it's um the timing of it all i was getting a lot of referrals directly to me from this business networking group I'm a part of. And I kind of realized these people are giving me these referrals, um, which were typically, these are business owners. So this was typically their, their clients or, or family member or friend. And they would say, Hey, I know, you know, and this person would need a roofer. They would say, Hey, I know Lyle. And I realized they were giving me these referrals because they trusted me, not because this big company, you know, was backing me. So I was like, kind of looked at Alexa one day, my wife, and mm-hmm. I was like, I think I just should start my own company. And she's like, and, and she's usually like, my head's usually in the clouds, yeah. uh, like 30,000 feet. And she's like right here at ground level, like, <laughs> nope, let's bring you down to reality a little bit. So yeah. when she was like, yeah, I think you should too. I was like, uh, all right, here we go. Look, man, Alexa is nothing <laughs> if not honest. Like she'll yeah. just tell it, right? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. And she does. She's kind of like we balance each other out so much because I'm, I'm always looking forward and trying to, you know, I've got I've got big big plans yeah. and I can see what's coming. And she's like looking around, you know, sometimes and is like, listen. Uh, dreamer boy, you gotta, yeah, you gotta, gotta bring eat, this right? back. <laughs> yeah, so, so let's, let's cool it a little bit, yeah. but yeah, she's, she's amazing. And, uh, yeah, I couldn't do it without her, but she, uh, she looked at me and was like, yeah, I think you should. And so we started it in August of last year. So 2022, right around August of this year, late July, August, uh, I had gone through a couple of salesmen already, but this one guy, he, he was kind of working for a company that was similar to one I had been with <laughs> and they did a lot of exterior construction. And, uh, he's like, dude, we hung out a, about a week. He would just ride to jobs. He was like picking my brain, asking me tons of questions about my vision and what I really wanted for the company. And, uh, he's like, dude, I, I want to come work for you and let's just build this thing. And so we've expanded. We're doing, uh, really anything exterior yeah. on the outside of the house, a so roof, Roof down, so roofing, siding, windows, decks, and concrete. 
And um, that's just been in the last three months, and we've done a ton of jobs. And, you know, the work just keeps coming, so, hey. You keep doing it, right? Yeah, Are you yeah. going to change the name of your business? Yeah, so so it was ERS Roofing, mm-hmm. and uh, we can get into what ERS stands for later. But ERS Roofing, uh, that's that's still the, you know, legal name of it. Right. But I kind of flirted with the idea of ERS Roofing and Construction, and I kind of changed the name on, like, the social medias and stuff and was answering the phone, ERS Roofing and Construction. And then I was like, hey, that's, a, that's kind of a mouthful. It's a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's probably the driving factor. It's a mouthful. But then the other thing was like, we're really, I want the uh, construction aspect of it to be more conveyed. And so, yeah, I think, I think I'm going to, I've still got to go down to the powers that be in Raleigh and make sure we, we do the DBA. But yeah, probably just change it to ERS construction. It makes sense. And uh, yeah. It's a comprehensive name. It yeah. All the, that way, I mean, it really you know, long term, you get into plumbing and electrical. Anything, and, and, exactly. You know, whatever you want to do. Because, yeah, because the idea is like, well, should I do exteriors, like ERS exteriors? And then, yeah, again, exteriors I'm pigeonholing myself. Yeah. So, I think construction is what we're going to land on. And uh, got the logo made and everything, just got to do, you know, there's always a little lag in the yeah, the yeah. plans. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and what actually well, takes place. I mean, you're the guy, right? You're it. Exactly. You don't have mm-hmm. like a team as far as that goes and as far as running the business and, right and you look up the chain right and, you, and then you realize you're at the top of it. oh i'm it yeah the buck stops with me yeah so this is so. the first time you ever been the boss before yeah well i i started so after i got out of the marine corps um i went to i went to work for a year with my dad in the machine shop then i went to school for a little bit used my gi bill but then when i i met alexa um I knew within like two weeks I wanted to marry her. Right. So I was like, I got to figure out a way to make some money because I wasn't making it in school. And uh, so, yeah, I actually started my own cleaning business back then. That would have been I remember that. 2015, maybe. I did yeah, that I for like two. two <clears throat> so I did it for by myself for like a year and then uh, basically had my cousin start doing a lot of the cleaning for me and I took another job. So it was kind of like I wasn't making as much money after a while, but right. it was something while I had this other job too. So yeah, I mean, hindsight, looking back, I wish I would have just kept that going, but yeah, yeah that was a, uh, it was a good learning experience. Yeah. So yeah. that was a, uh, that was my other a low risk venture. Yeah. Yeah. No, not a lot of overhead or, or startup costs. Trucks and equipment and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. yeah not much liability as yeah. compared to construction. Right. Right. <laughs> So Alexa has started her own thing too, right? Yeah, she's doing a virtual assistant. Uh, so she she's been a nurse since pr- pretty much the whole time we've been married. And uh, when COVID started, she she took uh, she started doing local travel assignments. Mm-hmm. So she was making great money um, and also getting to stay home every night because they were local. Right. So when we moved to Raleigh, she was doing that, and then like right around I think it was August of this year. Uh, right when my business started going, taking off, um, she tore her ACL Mm. and so she couldn't go to work. So, so she's been wanting to do something on her own, something on the side for like four years. And what she told me is like, I feel like this was God's way of sitting me down, Mm -hmm. uh, and giving me time to kind of think about it and figure out what I can do, you know, use the skills I have to, to do something on my own. And so that's what she's done. She signed a, a few clients and she's also, um, so I have, I have these, um, I call them the girls, but they're, it's, <laughs> it's the right hand admin team. It's, that's a, a company, a friend of mine, Crystal, uh, 
started and what they do is they help small businesses with like their systems and processes and then they handle all of the back end stuff if you want them to so i was having them handle all the back end admin stuff and now alexa is so it's a lot of good you know practice for her yeah. i guess you could say and she's learning what all it takes to run a construction company right <laughs> which is a lot more than as it she turns thought. out right <laughs> just call people and go hey let us build you a house or yeah whatever. yeah give me your money yeah it's a lot to it <laughs> so you i mean how did you start in roofing in general yeah good question so um i started uh I took a job, it was a sales job, uh, after I left, so I mentioned earlier, I went to the machine shop right out of high school, then I had my own cleaning business, and actually the job that I went back to, um, after I had the cleaning business going for a little bit, was at at the same machine shop, but I was doing sales. Mm -hmm. So, that rocked on for a couple years, and then I I saw an ad for a job, roofing sales, and the timing just kind of worked out, so I took that, and what we were doing was... uh, we worked, I worked at a manufacturer. We made the actual metal panels. Okay. And so I learned a lot about the roofing side of things there. And then uh, I jumped around a lot before I started my own business. I worked there for about five or six months, and there was a lot of reasons to leave. So I was like, yeah, let me, <laughs> I see the writing on the wall here. Yeah. And uh, so from there, I went and worked for, uh, you probably know him, West Bridges. Um, I feel like I should. He is... Um, I don't know if he's still doing it, but he had a uh, like a recovery group going on mm. called Crossroads yeah. for a long time. Yeah. And uh, anyways, he he does. I don't think he does anymore. But he, what he was doing at the time was uh, roof inspections for insurance companies. Mm-hmm. And so we would travel all over the place, Birmingham to Stone Mountain, oh, wow. um, and then up to Raleigh all through South Carolina, and then stay in the Raleigh area. So I was going back and forth for a week after I started working for him. And, uh, that's, that's kind of how I got used to climbing on roofs. I learned so much about how to measure roofs and and it's called squaring them up. You measure them and then you got to figure out like using geometry. If anybody remembers that from back in high school, uh, you take your parallelograms and your, your different, you know, geometrical shapes and you, you get a, um, an area and you measure the roof that way. And so I learned a lot there and, uh, but the travel, I just, it was too much traveling. Yeah. And Ezra turned one years old and I was like, I just missed six months of his life. Ooh. Uh, I kind of need to do something. And right about that time is when TK Hamilton called me. Mm. <laughs> it's funny, man. I was, uh, I was in Chattanooga and he called me and he's like, first thing he asked me, he's like, I said, he's like, how you doing, man? I was like, I'm good. And he's like, what are you doing now? I said, I'm, I'm doing roof inspections for, uh, insurance companies. He's like, you like all that traveling? <laughs> Like, he knew, nah, he knew. not really, not really. So he's like, well, come talk to me. Yeah. And, uh, we did. And I met with him, met with Dom and, uh, he, he, Dom's the kind of the guy who helps him run everything over there at Midian and, uh, started working for them, man, and loved it. And, uh, didn't want to leave, didn't plan on leaving. I kind of saw myself working there for a long time. Yeah. And then, um, man, it's just weird. Like me and Alexa, we've kind of just decided like, let's just go for these things. Um, especially if we feel like, you know, God gives us a freedom to do it or whatever. Like maybe, maybe like two months before we moved, she was like, maybe three months, two to three months. It wasn't long. She was like, 
she just looked at me one day and was like, what if we just picked up and moved somewhere? And that's all I need to hear. I was like, all right, where? Yeah, what are we yeah. doing? And she's like, she's like, I don't, I don't know. You know, it was kind of almost in passing. And uh, I guess she just kept thinking about it. So that was about two, that was two years ago. Cause that Thanksgiving 2021 is when we kind of was like, all right, we're officially deciding that yes, we're going to move to Raleigh. Yeah. And, um, we did and, and haven't looked back. Um, and, and to be honest, like moving up there together, realizing that we can make it together yeah. has been like really good for our marriage. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. And brought us closer as a family. Well, did you know anybody in Raleigh when you moved there? No, I knew. Well, I, I had met the guy who I had talked to and kind of lined a job up. Right. Uh, I knew him from yeah. w- in passing the working up there. Yeah, but it's know? not like your parents or your, or your brothers no. across town. And I got a flat tire. Come help me. out. Yeah. Whatever, nothing. You know? Yeah. Nothing like that. And that was, that was hard. Um, the biggest challenge has been just, no help with the kids. Yeah. No unpaid help with the kids. Let's right. put it that way. Because yeah. <laughs> there's plenty of people well, who. You got to find some rando to take care of your kids, right? <laughs> and build a relationship with them. Yeah. And, and luckily, we've been ha- we've had <clears throat> really good luck with, with babysitters. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, you start looking at a monthly budget. And if, if both parents are working and you're paying somebody $20 an hour, it adds up quick. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so. It's better if one of you just stays home. Yeah. At that point. So, um. So yeah, that's kind of how we got to Raleigh and, and it didn't make sense while we were moving. Like even like, you know, TK, uh, telling him I was moving our families, obviously they, they didn't like it. We were taking the, I think Eliza was like, so she was born in March of 21. So she was, um, 10 months old when we moved. (laughs) I can't. Taking the grandbabies away. I mean, looking back at it, I'm, this is two years later and I'm like, dang, that was kind of crazy, but (laughs) But we did it. I'm, but at the time, it was like we both had total peace. Yeah, we're like, all right, this is this is good, and it has been. Um, but yeah, it's been a challenge for yeah. sure. But it's brought us closer. At did the same you? Time. I mean, did you have that about you at any point in your life before that, where you were like, I could just go somewhere? I mean, I guess yeah. you were in the Marines and yeah. you spent time on a boat and all that good stuff. And- exactly. So I kind of have that itch, anyways. Like. If you were to say, "Hey, in a year from now, are you going to be in Raleigh?" Like my plan is yes. Yeah. But um, but we're always open oh, to man. to whatever. It scares me to death. I kind of yeah. It's I think that first leap is the hardest one. Yeah. From here to Raleigh was like because she'd never lived outside of Rome, Georgia. Right. Um, I had just briefly, you know, for the four years I was in the Marine Corps, I came right back home after that, and um, I think I think once we realized because that 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 severance that initial severance with the family and just like having my mom five minutes down the road we lived on the same road as her parents like my mom or her mom somebody was getting them every every single day from you know the babysitter it was a lot i didn't realize how much easier that was you know but um one of those things i guess doesn't really hit you until like you wake up the first day in the new place yep and you're like, hey, can one of y'all come get these kids for a little while? And there's just not anybody. They're eight hours away. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> but it's not. I mean, eight hours is – that's like my limit, right? If the drive is longer than eight hours. For I'm like a one-day drive or something, yeah. yeah. So that's, yeah. that's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't – I know both of your parents. And, yeah. And I can't imagine either one of y'all going, hey, can y'all come up and, and like, them just be in the car already by the time you're done asking? Oh, for 100%. Yeah, I my, know Roxy for sure. My mom, yeah. <laughs> so she, uh, I don't know how many months in a row it was, but when we first moved, it's like she was up there every month 
Wow. <laughs> and that surprises nobody. No, right? no. And, um, you know, my dad came a couple times. And, yeah. And, uh, but even when was it? Alexa had her, her class reunion like a few weeks ago, and my mom just came up to help me with the kids on the weekend. So oh, any cool. any chance she can get, she's there. But we, you know? that's who that's the grandmother we knew that she always would be, yeah. right? Like we all saw that coming. And 100%. That's awesome, man. Yeah, she she is uh, – She's nothing if not a, a great grandmother, and those yeah. kids love her. That's like her their favorite kid, you know, their favorite person in the whole world. Oh yeah, I want to go to Meemaw's house. I, how rotten, man! Are those, <laughs> I mean, like I can't imagine. Oh, after this week, it's over with because yeah, we're right. staying at their house oh, this week. Y'all don't have a chance, man. Uh-uh. Going back home and am I too far away from my own microphone? See, I take I take a week off, and now I don't know what I'm doing anymore. <laughs> and give you guys a light over there so you can get my attention. So, um, you guys. You were involved in church here. Yeah. Were you involved in church there? So, I'm not. We go to church. Yeah. Uh, that, okay. That's, as, involved, that's I mean. as far as I'm taking it, though. Uh, you yeah. know, I'm sure you know some of the details about the church that I was a part of here. Um, there's a lot of. I feel like I feel like it's been, you know, there was a lot of uh, uh negativity i saw around the uh organized religion um back then that would have been what 2018 i guess was the end of that yeah. it's when it's when i quit um uh, i left the church and then yeah we didn't go to church for like a year and a half two years yeah um just trying to heal i guess yeah i didn't God, it's sad you know. when you feel like you have to stay away from church so you can heal yeah yeah i mean that seems like that'd be the place where you could that's go. true but unfortunately, when you get to church, there are people there. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, people do people stuff. There's, but. Yeah, there's people there, and they yeah. have people issues. But um, yeah, I've been going to uh, I've been going to therapy a lot, and and just trying to just get past all that because yeah. that was a lot of uh, that for me. I I really uh, I took it to heart when when everything that I felt like I was working for was kind of just took a nosedive yeah with uh you know did you need us again okay he just he's he got a he's all right <laughs> <laughs> i do that like twice an episode like you okay man uh, serious oh. moment here <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 he's very animated yeah a lot of yeah. people feel that pain and that's um you know, we just need we need good we need humble leaders yeah. in the church. That's what we need. Um, that's 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 the that's what it boils down to. After you know, um, it's been so so many years thinking about it. It's like pride's what gets in the way Man. and what got in the way yeah. with that one. Um, and yeah, pride comes before fall. And you know, if you humble yourself, God says that He's going to lift you up. But if you you think that you've got it all taken care of and and it's all on you. And that you are the end all be all authority from God, then he's gonna mm. he's he's not gonna let that slide. Yeah. Um so yeah. Yeah. I got you. Well it's good that you you guys are going, right? Yes. And, and and instead of just not going at all, you're you're easing back into things, yeah. I guess. And and you know, if you're called to be in ministry, you'll realize that sooner or later it's not a choice. But there are times when you've got to take that step back and yeah. recover and because, I mean, you, you build, I guess, most of what you knew about church at that point was what you learned from that situation. And mm-hmm. you find out later that's not how it's supposed to be mm-hmm. or things are, you know. 
uh, not what they seem. So now you've got to kind of relearn all that stuff. Yeah. And it's not the time to be in ministry. No. As you're figuring all that <laughs> stuff out. So no. no man, I, yeah, I stepped away from ministry and I was like, okay, let's let's get this figured out. Yeah. But um, but no, it's good. And and yeah, if it wasn't for Alexa, quite honestly, I probably probably wouldn't have gone back to church. I don't know. It would have taken a lot longer. You just ready to give up on it all? Yeah. Again? Yeah. Not give up on God, but just right. church. You yeah. know, it's the people. Um, it's the worst part. Yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't for people, that's the worst part of any business yeah. or any organization. Right, yeah. though, is if it wasn't for the people, I'd love running a construction company, you know, or <laughs> whatever. Anything. Yeah. Whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's, we got to have that love though. Right. Yeah. And understand that you yeah. know, it's the bride of Christ and we're all supposed to be together. Yeah. Regardless of who's, you know, and, and that's, that's just another thing. Like I've, I've, I've learned that, man, it's, I guess I guess what's helped me the most is realizing that I'm just as capable of doing all the bad things that that person did, you know, that pastor or or any other bad thing that any other, I'm just as capable. Right. But on the at the same time, I'm just as capable of of loving people like Jesus did and mm. and living like he did. Like he's the ultimate high if you want to put it in a high versus low and then, yeah. you know, we've seen the ultimate low of well, I don't know if we have. I hope I haven't. <laughs> but you know what yeah. I mean. We've seen we've seen that negative side yeah. of people, and we're all just as capable of it. So I don't know if that's humility or what, but it's like you know, that's helping me forgive. It, it is. Like, and I mean, you think about when all that stuff was going on. Were you you're thirty now? Thirty one. I'm thirty three now. So that was uh, I think I was twenty nine when that all ended. Yeah, something like that. So yeah. you I mean you're still pretty young as far yeah. as that stuff goes, and then you were new to all that thing to begin with. Right. So you're, you're looking back now through a different lens yeah. than you had when you were in the middle of all that. And it's part of the learning process. Mm-hmm. I always oh, tell yeah. people one of the worst things that ever happened to me was when they made me a deacon <laughs> in church. <laughs> and then I got to see, you know, I got to, when it was like going to the puppet show and seeing the strings. Yeah. That's a terrible analogy for church, right. but you <laughs> understand like from the back end, yeah. how everything works. And you're like, I don't, I don't like some of this the way I it's, thought I did. Yep. And, it's not, not as, that even it may not even mean anybody's got bad intentions, right? right? You just don't like the way things are, or maybe somebody does have bad intentions, or their you know their pride is getting the best of them, or whatever it is. But you're seeing that from a different angle when you're mm-hmm. involved, as opposed to just sitting in a pew. I hope everybody that's watching this still goes to church on Sunday. Go to church. It's a positive thing. Go to church. <laughs> but it's hard for us when that that curtain gets pulled back. Yeah. And we can see. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Sausage being made. That's it. And it's like, oh, we're, you know. But then again, yeah, we're we've all got issues and uh I think it's, you know, I think if if somebody again, it just keeps going back. The the leader of the church needs to be humble and needs to uh not just say the right words but walk that out, you know. Yeah. And that's the not being you not being perfect but just being um the best they can be. You know? well, I always say, you know, you're, you can get up in front of the room and talk, right? But if it's, if you're not who you're supposed to be and you're not praying and you're not really studying and all those things, it's a book report, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That we've all been doing since we were in second grade. You stand in front of the room. I read this book and this is what it said. There's got to be more than that. And, right. and there's certainly, you know, the preaching is like, this much of a pastor's job right and for the all you audio only people i got you about an inch <laughs> um but it's you know it's three percent of the pastor's job right yes like not much at all 
Um, but so many of us get wrapped up in that. And it's easy to go, well, look at all the people that come hear me talk on Sundays mm-hmm. or Sunday night or Wednesday, whenever it is. Um, and then before you know it, you're an entertainer. Yeah. And that's tough. It's that yeah. pride thing. Yeah. I think that's why God, I mean, this is, we're in our church right now. This yeah. is the whole thing. Um, I think that's why God has kept us small because he knows that I would go, well, look at what a great pastor I am. Mm-hmm. And, for those listening, it's uh, 16, 17 chairs in here. Yeah. yeah maybe 20. Got oh, you got 10, 20. 15 over here. Oh, put there you up. go. Had, uh, but we had, uh, I think no, we had 28 is. people in here yesterday. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. yeah. All those chairs were full just about, man. Just about, yeah. But it's not, you know, if we started out with, there were three families. Yeah. And I think if we'd have had 150 people overnight, it would have been a problem for me. Oh, yeah. Like, we're easing into this thing. And I'm I like, say easing, it's been two and a half years now. Yeah. So God knows what he's doing 100%. as it turns out. Yeah, exactly, as it turns out. Uh, so you said two and a half years here. Yeah, we started in April of 21. Very we weren't nice. here then. But. Yeah. So what um, what surprised you the most, uh, or what's the most thing like surprising thing about being a pastor? The that terrible you did? people. It's that, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's that it never stops. Yeah. You know, because I've preached before, and like when – when I was a deacon and serving in church and things, and the preacher would say, hey, can you preach for me on March the 28th? And I go, yeah, I got six weeks. I can, you know, mm-hmm. six weeks to plan a sermon, right? I got to do it every week now, yeah. you know, and I try to stay a couple weeks ahead or whatever, <laughs> but uh, it never stops. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the people who are not involved in my church that ask me for help with things, like that they should either ask their own pastor mm. or find a pastor and become part of a church and yeah. have that, whether it's my church or somebody else's, you know? Yeah. No, I definitely, I definitely feel that kind of like, uh, people thinking just cause you're the pastor, you've got something to give them or maybe you even owe them something yeah. Yeah. when, when it's yeah. like, I've, I've got this bandwidth, you know, yeah. I'm human too. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that, that's, I'm sure that is a very, uh, it's a balancing act between the people who are faithful here and, you know, that you know are really wanting help or need help, and then people who may or may not or may should. They want to use the passion. They want to use, yes. There's an emergency. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, it's a thing, but, I mean, it's sort of what you sign up for at the same time. Exactly. You just got to – I don't think you realize the degree until you're living it. That's right, yeah. Yeah. I think that's anything, though, is like – with this business. Well, we were talking about that, right? Yeah, yeah. I did not expect it to be. I, well, I, I told you guys, I said, it's it's every bit as, as hard as I expected it to be. Mm-hmm. But then there's sometimes I'm like, I really didn't expect me to be losing sleep over it. Or Well, you said people are calling you on Sunday morning. Yeah, Sunday morning at 8 a.m. I had two <laughs> two customers uh, calling me yesterday on vacation, Thanksgiving oh, week. So I'm like, man, you know. And, uh, yeah, you just got to let it let it roll. Yeah. I talked to the one guy yesterday and – uh in the afternoon he's like man sorry sorry he's actually a friend of mine he's like sorry for bothering you on sunday i'm like that's what i'm here for buddy (laughs) and that is that's the it's the customer service that you uh you know you want to you want to provide for these people Mm -hmm. that's i think that's what you pay for when you when you pay for a a roof like from midian or or any of any good company you're paying for that that service and uh quality assurance you know so hopefully I mean, that's what you expect when you go to church right. as well, right? It's not yeah. a, you know, quote-unquote customer, so to speak. Right. But it's the same. They're expecting quality. Um, one of my old pastors, Ron Kanzler Tango, you remember that guy? He uh, he talked about doing things with excellence. Mm. Like, we would rather not do them at all than yeah. not do them excellently. Yeah. 
That's, you know, so that's kind of what we get into every Sunday morning when I think about it. I think about what Ron said. Is this going to be excellent or not? That's that's something I've dealt with. Uh, it's funny you use that word because my, my – again, I'm a big advocate for therapy, by the way. Just mm. So I, I've been going to therapy, and that was one of the biggest things because I'm kind of a perfectionist. I mm. didn't realize it, but I am. And uh, when it comes to construction, nothing's ever perfect. Ever. Yeah. I mean, and really anything in life. But when you're building a deck or you're doing a roof or, or anything, like the mistakes are going to be made. Things are going to go off track, uh, you know, at some point. Not maybe, hopefully not with every job, but at some point something's going to go wrong. And, you know, the difference is how you respond to that and, and are you going to fix it. Yeah. Um, but – I was really letting that just just weigh on me. Like if I had a, uh, you know, if I had something go wrong or something needed fixing, I would get like, let this pressure build up mm. on me. And uh, my therapist, he's like, dude, he didn't say dude, but he's like, you've got to, <laughs> you've got to. Um, one of the things that we discussed and we talked about is is the only thing I can do is is bring my best, and then let the chips fall where they may yeah. and, and just know that I'm going to, I'm going to fix anything if it goes wrong. And, uh, so we came up with that word excellence. I'm just going to mm. bring my excellence to this podcast. I'm going to, and then I'm going to bring my excellence when I go home to my family and, and be the best dad I can be. And it's, a, for me, it's, I can kind of compartmentalize that. And again, yeah, you just ask yourself, is this, am I bringing, excellence am i bringing you know maybe not even my best but am i bringing excellence to this sermon yeah am i bringing excellence to this family who needs prayer or whatever um and yeah so that's that's uh i love that what, what was the pastor's name who said that ron Kansler. yeah, yeah. That's, that's a wise guy yeah he was our <laughs> pastor at uh at castle baptist for a while i don't forget the place he's at now you know the name of the church he's in now maybe he just got back from suriname or where's he been somewhere he's world traveler on top of was he the guy that went to tennessee with us that time from that church yes okay yeah i met yeah. him then okay, okay. yeah yeah man yeah. i've forgotten about that yeah that um i don't know what year that would have been maybe 17 it was after the big fire up there yeah we had just been there with the youth group and the cabins we were in burned down and oh, all that mess dang yeah and then so we were back up there with chris harris and a bunch of people yeah yeah. Just a couple of weeks later. Yeah. That was, that was oh, man, fun. I'd forgotten about that. That was great. Yeah, I went with you guys. It was it was me, you, Chris, and then uh John Warren. John Warren yep. and uh Erica, his wife. That's and right. And Lisa Logue went with us too. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, it was. Yeah. For I mean for what it was, it was a good time. Took clothes up there, yeah. Yeah. No, that was good. I'd forgotten about that. Man, Interesting. we really have been like on this parallel timeline for Yeah, for a long time. For a long time. <laughs> We went up to Gatlinburg again uh, this past past summer, I think. Mm. It's nice up there. It's yeah. not bad. I'm not a big fan. There's too many people. I think but it's probably uh, uh, way more packed in the wintertime oh, than, yeah. than when we went. I've yeah. never been in the summer, I don't guess. Yeah. It was Tango agrees. There <laughs> in the summer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, you've, you've mentioned therapy a couple times. Can we get into that? Yeah, I don't for sure. Like, no, absolutely. No, I'm – Ask me anything, man. Okay, That's so what I'm here for. So let me just, go while ahead. we're here, why I, I asked you about the podcast, like the reason I want to start a podcast is because, and you're going to have this because you've been doing this so long, your kids are going to be able to listen to these mm. after you're gone, your grandkids. I've never thought about that. And they're, me. And they're going to be like, 
all right, I understand my dad a little mm-hmm. bit, or I understand my granddad. Like, I want to leave. That's the biggest thing about like I, I try to I try to think about everything from that legacy standpoint, yeah. and so I do want to share as much, even if it's painful. I want to be able to share the things that I've learned in life, so that Ezra and Eliza, my two kids, and hopefully there's more uh, later. You know, they can have that because what if you're I don't know you know think about your 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 parents growing up they didn't have this opportunity to sit here and record their conversations and we do and so I think there's yeah from that perspective and when I think about I'm like we almost have a responsibility to share we have to right what we what we've learned and what we know so yeah I hadn't thought about it in terms of like my kids and grandkids even I, I know and I've addressed it many times on the podcast like we're doing this on November 20th of 2023. But as long as there's an internet, yeah. somebody will be able to dig these things up and exactly. find it's like a time capsule. It really is. Yeah. It's, but I've never thought of it personally. Like my kids are going right. to listen to this when they're my age, yeah. you know, or something like that. It'd be like finding your, your great grandfather's diary or something. Yeah. One day, you know, yeah. it's like, and then getting to hear his voice wow. or see the video. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. So man, that makes this a little more important, doesn't it? It's a little <laughs> smokes. <laughs> we just raise the stakes. Sit up straight in my chair now. <laughs> no, it does. It does. That raises the stakes a lot. It's a good way to say that. Because it's it's forever. So yeah, like I said, as long as there's an internet. Yeah. And I would imagine that these platforms will somehow. That's all gonna keep. Who knows where that's gonna go? First oh, of all, man. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm waiting on my first AI episode to come out. Yeah, yeah. Of of you that of, you didn't do. Yeah, that I had nothing yeah. to do with. Yeah. yeah. But no, I'd be happy to talk about therapy. Yeah. Oh, that, that's what would put me into therapy. So we'll pick up there. <laughs> but uh, so you, uh, you have decided that therapy is a good route for you. Yes. Um, and I'll tell you what kind of convinced me. I tried therapy um, back in 20, I guess it was 2020. Yeah, I think so, because we were all wearing masks. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so so I tried it then, didn't like it. didn't work for me. Uh, Could have been the guy. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Could have been me. Probably, probably me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, I was what, – what really kind of convinced me, like, all right, maybe I should go talk to somebody is because – Along those same lines of me, like, wanting to record stuff for my kids, I've recorded a few videos of me talking into a mic. Started out for my kids, but then the more I talk, and this is just, it, you feel silly because it's me, it's me talking into a computer, hard, you know, right? with, with nobody, like, I'm like, I, I might not even, I might not ever even, like, share this with anybody, but, yeah. but then I realize as I'm talking, it's like we're just I'm I'm digging stuff out from inside me and it's and I felt better afterwards and I'm like I really felt like I kind of figured some stuff out <laughs> by just talking. Yeah. And so I I connected with this guy. He's 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 had his doctorate in psychology long as I've been alive probably and and uh I was kind of specific. I looked through some people and I was like this guy seems like he'd be a good fit. He's a good guy, Christian guy. Um like I said very experienced. So when I go in there, it's almost like I, in my mind, this kind of may sound weird, but I'm like, I just feel like I'm talking to myself when I'm mm. talking to him. Like the, the questions that he, you know, pulls out of me, I'm like, they're already there. It's yeah. just, he's helping. And so I don't even think about it from like what this guy might think of me or anything like that. I'm just getting all these emotions out. And then he kind of helps me navigate them. And, uh, dude, I think it's, 
this week has been you know we got here on saturday this is monday so the past two days with my parents like i don't care who you are staying in a house with your parents is after you've not lived with them for several years is going to be some sort of something yeah and it's been absolutely just pleasant and and a lot of it on my end anyways is because of the way i'm perceiving things on the inside i'm like you know and uh and a lot of that has to do with therapy so yeah i think it's um i think it's uh something that not enough men do and then um especially not uh, enough guys who like we were talking about with the military guys um and and suicide being such a big thing i think i think that would be a a good a good place for those guys to start. And it doesn't have to be, I don't think it necessarily has to be a therapist, but just talking to somebody about yeah. the way you feel. Cause once you get it out in the open, this is the best way I've heard it described is like, if you've got these thoughts in your mind, um, as soon as I share them with you, it's like I am opening a door or a window and letting light in that dark room in my mind. Mm-hmm. And so the more you're able to share that kind of stuff, the more light, quote unquote, you'll let in. And, uh, you know, I mean, how many times have we had a conversation with somebody and probably in ministry, it happens a lot. I know in ministry with me, it happened is like somebody's pouring their heart out to me, confessing some horrible thing that they've done and like so ashamed and they've been dealing with it for years and years and years. I'm like, yeah, dude, I've, I've done the same thing. And it just, you can see this like, oh wow. I'm, you mean I'm not the only one that's done that gets you past. You talked about a minute ago dealing with you know, or not having to deal with whichever, however comfortable you are, this guy, how's he going to think about me mm-hmm. after I say these things? But to hear that, somebody say, well, I've done the same thing. I've done it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that, the best thing you can That breaks down hear. all the walls, right? <laughs> right. Oh, man. Because we do, we, we think that, um, I think that we all tend to think that everybody else is doing way better than us mm-hmm. and we're the only ones that are dealing with X, Y, and Z and it's like, the more you communicate with people, the more you realize that's not the case. Well, especially in the age of social media, right? Like we go live on Facebook when something awesome's happening. Nobody does that at a funeral, right? You know, like nobody does that when they get fired from their job, or yep. you know, it's it's a highlight reel, and yeah. and um, so you just assume everybody's going great. Man, that guy bought a new boat. He must be fantastic. Turns out he's up to his eyeballs in debt. Yes. You know, and he's miserable. And yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing we've got to we've got to understand. And, uh, yeah, social media is hard on that aspect because yeah, it makes yeah. it – I try to stay off that stuff, man. It's just – but it's hard. It's addicting. It is. <laughs> well, it's where everybody's at. So it's you like, yeah. So you see what's going on or, you know. and My father-in-law's on Facebook now, and he's – We just became – almost like that yeah. word. We just became friends the other day. I was Dude, like, is that the same guy? It's <laughs> been like – I mean, we've been married like eight years now, and he's like, not getting that crap, you know, just yeah, like yeah. adamant, not going to do it. And then next thing I know, Facebook friend requests, I'm like – what are you doing? <laughs> now he sends me stuff on Messenger, uh, videos and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. So he's figured it out. Oh, he said, I see why, what the kids mean now. Yeah. I, I see why they're on it. <laughs> oh, man. Bless his heart. He's, he's hooked now. He got him. He's like, I got I to gotta limit myself. So he told Alexa. He'll be on I'm Timu like, buying yeah. stuff before you know it. Be... <laughs> Bless his heart. So, so how, what was your approach to therapy? Like, what opened you up to saying, I need to go – I know I, you said you it kind of came out when you were making these videos. Yeah, like I mean, what, what was the thing that got you over the top as far as going to talk to somebody? Um, I think that that pressure I was talking about earlier mm-hmm. with the with the trying trying to just control everything. Um, I was feeling that so much 
I kind of got to a point. This was, uh, I don't know, a few months ago, I guess. Uh, well, it was about, it was, it was, well, I know exactly when it was. It was right around the time that the business took off and Alexa hurt her knee and, you know, all that. Yeah. Um, and we're out there by ourselves. So I'm like, I feel like I'm going to have a heart attack or something. Not really, but I was like, my chest yeah, is yeah. tight. And I'm just like, and Alexa was kind of worried about me. But she's learned that if she said, hey, you need to go to therapy, I'd be like, no, 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 no. So she doesn't right. say anything uh, or she knows when to say stuff, I guess. And, uh, I guess that, you know, uh, that pressure, just realizing that I need to talk to somebody so I can help sort my brain out mm-hmm. all these thoughts and, and, and emotions and stuff that I don't know what to do with. Uh, I need to sort these out. Otherwise I don't really know what's going to happen here. Like I'm not quite sure if this is going to be good or bad. Right. So that was kind of it for me. I've, I've always had, a uh i've always i guess trended towards uh depression a little bit and yeah. and just being feeling down and not feeling great about myself and stuff like that and so um i've always kind of just i guess tried to try to figure out what's going to work for me the best as far as um, being the best version of myself that I can be. Yeah. And so at this point, you know, therapy is, is helping a lot. Um, and of course, man, I mean, I might not have been in church the past f- however many years, but my walk with God has still been, you know, close. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the, what I would, what I would, uh, or really what drove me was like, you know, just feeling this pressure. Like yeah. I need to share, share this, what's inside of me with somebody else who can hopefully handle handle it and help me <laughs> right so how did you find your therapist i just well i i went online and uh over the course of a few days kind of looked through people in the area that um you know ha- really on google is how i did it um i went to the websites and just read through and and I wanted somebody who was uh, an older man, mm-hmm. because an older man will know exactly what I've been through. He's been in my shoes, and then I wanted somebody who was was qualified, you know, and just been doing this a long time. And so that's what I did. I found his website, and uh, and him and his wife have a practice. And then you know, I looked at some of the other websites, and it was like, and I didn't want telehealth or virtual nothing. I wanted right. it to it's be in person. So. Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, I just looked through, and he was the one that stood out. There was a, you know, really, he's the only one that stood out to me. I, I looked through all these other websites, and I'm just like, eh. And so I almost didn't, but then I f- kind of found this guy's website, and I was like, all right. So you got to pick your guy, though. It wasn't like a referral or – Yeah, it was uh, – well, and that was the thing is some a lot of the big companies that I looked at, it was like, we have 27 therapists on staff or whatever, and I'm like, I don't want 27. I, want I want one guy, one guy yeah. who is going to know who I am and know what I'm dealing with and not somebody who's just reading through my my uh, profile or whatever, right. you know. So that was, yeah, I, I definitely wanted that one-on-one. So yeah. I just found them. Um, yeah. And, and, and it's funny because I realized therapy <laughs> – a lot of therapists don't have good reviews because if you go to therapy oh, and you have a, a great, you, you're probably not, you know, you might not want anybody to know you're there or whatever. There's still a stigma around it. Right, so it's like, right. no. Nah. So it's only when it's bad. Like so-and-so <laughs> did this, you know, and 
So just that's just some heads up for yeah. folks if they if they go looking for therapists. See, right? I can imagine. Like, I'm a, what kind of reviews does a therapist get? Right. I take my own issues in there, and I don't feel like he's the guy. You're gonna and I just write him a nasty review. That's what I was like. I'm not gonna pay attention to the reviews, which right, I think yeah. this guy actually had good review. I can't remember. Yeah. But. So, but you, a concern for a lot of people is that you got to pay for this. Yeah, yeah. Is this, it's, is this something that uh, you get VA benefits or any of those things? Uh, I don't, I don't, the VA told me that my health issues were not service related, my mental health issues. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I could fight it, I'm sure, but, yeah, but it's, uh, do you have to fight it? Yeah. I mean, and then the bureaucratic red tape with yeah, the VA, it can take years. you That's can only cool. imagine there's, there's companies that will do it for you, but you, you still have to pay them like yeah. a lot of money. Um, so no, I don't get any help. I just pay out of pocket. It's, it's expensive. Um, I know that there are some insurances that cover it, but I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know if I want to say it on air. I think insurance is kind of a big scam. Oh, let's talk about <laughs> it. Yeah. No, I was having this conversation <laughs> a couple of days ago. It's it's nuts, man. You know, well, you pay for insurance and it doesn't cover the things you need it to cover. So then you got to pay for that too while yes. you're still paying for the insurance. Like we we dropped our insurance a couple of years ago. Do you do do you do anything or just uh, I've got. Uh, just recently, we've got Guidestone okay. through where I work with Trail Life USA, gotcha. and we're a ministry, so we have access to that. I mean, I guess I did as a pastor anyway, but mm-hmm. but it's like it's minimal, and it uh, the ministry covers it. Like we don't have to pay for it. That's cool. So it's yeah. you know, but there wasn't. I didn't see the sense in paying the doctor and the insurance company. There exactly. Just wasn't. Um, when when Alexa got hurt in August the insurance and we pay a lot of money every month. And it's like the insurance is like, Oh, well that, um, your policy doesn't cover physical therapy for your knee. We'll pay for the surgery, but you're still gonna have to pay seven grand. And then we're not going to cover physical therapy. And so we had to upgrade to some other coverage with them. And then it actually ended up, they covered that. And I think they only charged us like, I don't know. It's like four grand or well, you something. You start negotiating cash price, and it comes way down all yeah, of a sudden. It's, it's a miracle. I'm, yeah. So, and I deal with insurance a lot on the roofing side of things, mm-hmm. too, and it is. It's just a big, like, well, you get the federal government involved oh, or the man. state government involved, and it messes everything yeah, up. Yeah, they're not good at anything. And, and they're, no, <laughs> except encroaching on your yeah, rights. Right, yeah. And so they, uh, they've, I think they've ruined health care. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with it, but something's going to have to be done. We've got an herbalist here in town, as it turns out. It's yeah. looking more like a better option. Yeah. Day. Yeah. You know, I went to a, uh, yeah, just get, I don't know, get some massages and go to chiropractors and uh, yeah, wish right. for the and best. Exercise, try <laughs> to stay know. healthy. Yeah. <laughs> but if you got to go to the doctor, it's, it's, well, that's the number one, um, like reason for bankruptcy in this country. Yeah. It's health, bills. medical bills. Yeah. yeah. So it's, oh, that's awful. That's a huge barrier for some people. Especially to go, concerning oh, mental health, I got to pay for that. I'm a yeah, and that's that's really something I haven't really considered. Um, I, you know, is like yeah, it's and it's not cheap either, especially yeah. a good one. You know, and I think that's the thing too is maybe the one I was going to before was uh, less expensive because the insurance was covering it. Maybe that had something to do with the quality. Yeah, maybe, I'm sure, yeah. but um, yeah, yeah, it's tough. And so you get people out there who don't know. They don't know if if they could afford it or if their insurance would afford it, and then uh, or maybe they don't even have insurance, and so they know for dang sure they can't yeah, the afford insurance, is definitely not insurance or 
mental health treatment. And uh, right. yeah, it's sad. It's it sad. Is. But that's when other people, like uh, some outlet becomes important, right? Mm-hmm. Say you just can't afford going to therapy. Yeah. Like you just can't. You got to find somebody that's in your same, especially veterans, you know, yeah. that are, you, you can know some other guy that's doing the same thing you're doing and you confide in each other. Yeah. You know, or a group of people or whatever. I wish, I wish that more veterans would confide in each other. It's, um, and you know, the, the veteran suicide rate, I don't know if it, I've tried to figure this out. Is it like something that the military does to the veterans that makes them want to do that? Or is it just that they were already, uh, had that temperament and that's, you know, it was like the temperament that it, requires to join the military right. maybe is more prone to well, that we talked with Jariah tucker on here recently and we talked about the two types of people that would become police officers and mm. they were the guys that would write speeding tickets or they were the guys that were trying to make felony arrest yeah you know so far in but then you look at people who join the military and there are so many people that come out with mental health issues mm-hmm. or they're fighting alcoholism mm-hmm. or all these different things and then you have the guys that do 20 years and they love it and it's the best thing ever, yeah. you know, and like, okay, so what's going on? And then you look at the, the suicide rate. Yeah. And you look at combat guys and non-combat guys, and it's not really any different. It's the same. Yeah, so is it, I mean, do you point at that and you go, is it the type of person that joins the military or is it something we're doing, you know, the common ground there is training. Right. Yeah. The training that you go through where it yeah. seems like, you know, they erase your individuality yeah. and do all these things. And I sound like I'm, you know, putting on the military right now. But, like, that's what has to happen to get yeah. everybody to march and, and step, you know. And right. we've all got to be one. So are we doing something to our guys that causes this thing to happen to them when they go down this path in their mind? I know. I don't know. I don't know the answer. Um, yeah, I just know it's, it's, it's way too many. I mean, I have guys, The you know, I was thinking today, I'm trying to think how many – I want to say there's there's at least three, but possibly four guys uh, that I knew personally and like like hung out with. Not yeah. just like oh, I knew that guy. Like there's a bunch of guys I knew who killed themselves. It's like oh, I knew him. Yeah. But guys who were my friends and like we drank beer together on the weekends and and you know work together and all this. And it's like yeah. they do it. And it's like what is yeah? I don't know. I don't know what the common I don't know what the reason is, but yeah, there's definitely a lot of common, uh, a lot of common denominators that need to be looked at. But yeah, um, you ever talked to other veterans about it? Yeah, I mean, not, not, not in depth. Um, How does that get received? Like on on a grand scale, do people want to listen or have that conversation? Yeah, I think a lot of veterans want to talk about it and and want to um, figure out what we can do about it because. You know, we all know somebody. Um, I think, yeah, I don't know. Um, it's it's a tough one. It's yeah. a tough one. It's sad. It's. Uh, I don't know if you know. I've talked to. Uh, I've talked to. I think. I think a lot of what the problem is 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 like we're not going to talk to each other. Mm. We're we we're in this mindset of like okay, I've got to, I got to man up and, and carry this on my own. So I'm not going to share the, the load with anybody else. And then it just crushes us. And, uh, you know, they end up taking their life. And so it's, that's a lot of the reason is that guys just, I don't think they are reaching out or, or 
you know, trying to ask for help, which I get because when you're, you know, when you're in that depressive state, when you're in that low state, you don't want any help. No, you're it's like, easy to leave stay me there. alone. Yeah. I want to be isolated. So I get it. Um, but these guys have got to understand that the world is a worse place without them. Mm. No matter yeah. what they think, the world is a worse place without them. You look at our friend who, who, uh, you know, committed suicide less, less than two weeks ago. Yeah. For whatever reason, he thought that his kids would have a better life if he was dead. And that's not true at all. That's zero yeah. percent true. Um, because your kids are going to think that it was their fault somehow. Right. More than likely. And, um, you know, just, it just sends ripple effects throughout your entire family, the present, and, and the, and the you know, your future yeah. your family, well, too. That's, that's the end, right, is where the guy thinks, everybody in my life is better off without yeah. me. So something happens to get those guys to that point. Yeah. And it might or might not be, you know, everybody thinks they went to combat and, you know, saw things. and But that's not the case. Yeah, not I mean, always. no. I, and that's the thing is, like, uh, out of out of all the guys I knew, I think, I don't know about one of them, but, you know, out of the four guys I mentioned is, like, t I know for sure two of them didn't see any combat. Yeah. And so it's, like. Uh, one friend of mine, he was, I was his direct supervisor right before I got out. When I left, he took my spot. And so we text and stuff. He would ask me questions after I got out. And then, uh, he went on to be a EOD, which is the explosive ordnance disposal. Mm -hmm. So he like, you know, diffuse bombs and stuff. And, uh, he got put on recruiting duty and he posted a little bit before he died. He said, recruiting duty. He said, recruiting duty is career suicide. And I'm like, damn. And then he killed himself. Yeah. So it wasn't just career suicide. It was, for him, it was now, something else. You don't, like, you get told you go, you're going to recruit, right? Yeah, you pretty much have yeah. no, yeah, I mean, you get orders. Mm -hmm. You're kind of, you don't have a much of a say. Right, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I know that, like, I know I'm buddies with Keith Doucette here locally. I don't know if you know Keith or not. Mm -hmm. He's an Army recruiter. And he enjoys being a recruiter. Mm -hmm. And there are guys that do. He's been there forever. Um, but I've met other guys. We went on a tour one time at uh, Fort Jackson for oh, yeah. educators. And uh, there was a bunch of recruiters there from all over talking about the Army and what we should go back and tell our students and whatever. And most of those guys hated being a recruiter. Uh, they didn't ask for it. Yeah. One guy, was uh, he was a lieutenant colonel. And he had worked at the Pentagon, and, done, and it was a Green Beret. Oh, gosh, Everybody's yeah. saluting this dude, and I'm like, what's the deal? And they were like, look at his hat. Well, I'm colorblind. Like, it doesn't, you know, <laughs> somebody had to explain it to me. And I was like, okay, he's a recruiter, right? This guy's been there and yeah, done it. And yeah. now you're like, go into high schools at lunchtime and talk to these idiot kids. Yeah, and for they, a lot of guys, it's like, that. It, feels, yeah, it feels like you have zero meaning, yeah. I guess. But, I mean, I guess it's got to be done. Like, you got to go get people because nobody's yeah. like – driving to the, the office to si try to sign up, no. you know. And no. Oh, well, I did. I called him and yeah. said, hey, I'm going to sign up. I mean, I guess it does <laughs> That was probably happen, the easiest like, one. Uh, yeah, right. This is definitely what I want to do. But, yeah, I think most people have to be coerced. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, th that's a real thing is, like, you get these guys who served in combat or, or had a lot of uh, a meaning behind what they were doing mm -hmm. at a certain unit, and then it's like now you're going to recruiting duty, and they're just like, dude, this is – and then you, your career kind of depends on – the decisions of a bunch of 17 and 18 year old kids like uh, what <laughs> right yeah because if you don't meet not? these quotas you're not getting promoted lieutenant colonel right well, you know it's yeah. 
17 year old kids being flaky. I mean, right. So, um, oh, that's tough. yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's like anything else, man. You pull the curtain back and it's like, Ooh, yeah. it's not as pretty as it looks. But I mean, I don't know how, when, once you're in, I mean, you go to like the army, you go to basic, and then you go to AIT. I don't know what it's called mm-hmm. in the Marines, but it's – Yeah, you go to uh, boot camp, and then you go to uh, – it's called MCT. It's, it's Marine Combat Training. Okay. So, so that's where you cover your – it's not MOS in the Marines. What is it? Yeah, it is MOS. So that's okay. that's actually just combat training, and then you go to your MOS school. Okay. So um, boot camp, I think it's 12 weeks now, but it was 13. Then you have a – I think it was about a month at Camp Geiger for combat training. And then, um, yeah, then con- then your MOS school. So then that could range from, you know, a month to – Depending on what it was. like it was. 10 months for me. I'm sure there's some that are longer. Um, but, yeah. So is it – once you're in and you've done all that, how hard is it to change – can you change MOS? You can, you can like, I guess kind of like apply to do it. And and if they think it's called a – it's called a lateral move. And yeah. so, yeah, you can you can try. And there's guys who do it. And then some MOSs, like uh, like my friend who was EOD, you've got to actually be in four years before you can even join EOD. So right. you get an EOD and you're a sergeant, you're kind of like at the bottom of the the food chain, so to speak. But they all get treated real good because they're very you know specialized. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not it's not that difficult. It just depends on what the numbers look like and and the powers that be if they want you to. Right. Well, that's you know. kind of what I was one of those things where you do you get in and feel like you're stuck somewhere. I wonder if that's you know a contributing factor to some of these guys. Yeah, their, yeah, their I guess so. State, you know, and I don't, I don't know what that's that process is like yeah. other than you know what you just explained. But yeah, and you know, uh, like my friend, he was so him going on recruiting duty. The reason he said that it was career suicide is because he understood that if he had to stay in uh, you know Wichita, Kansas, or wherever he was for three years the way that the war was going at the time and the way that technology changes, he's going to get out after three years and be in charge of people and not know Mm. his job and get people killed. And that's why he was like, and so I don't know. I just saying that out loud. Maybe he thought that I'm going to kill myself instead of somebody else dying on my watch. And I don't know, you know, there's so much that goes into that, I guess. Yeah. You never really know what's, yeah, in somebody's head, but that makes as much thing, much yeah. sense as anything else. Yeah, just yeah, mm-hmm. it does. So who knows? Who yeah. knows? I don't know, man. We're we're doing something to our guys. Yeah, and we need to find out what it is. And yeah, I don't think we're chasing that very hard. No, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. I think you know more people were killed, uh, have been killed since two thousand one or whenever we invaded uh, uh, Afghanistan, and then uh, in the uh, and then Iraq. More people have died via suicide than combat deaths, and it's like, yeah, we were at war for twenty yeah, years, we at war and for we 20 lost years. more people to suicide. Yeah, wow. So, it's uh, I don't know, I don't know what the answer is, man. I, don't know, man, I want to give you something positive there, but I don't. I, I'm not quite yeah, sure what. Well, the, uh, what is there? Like nobody seems to know, and a lot of people aren't very willing to talk about it. Yeah, the people that should be talking about it. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly, exactly. I don't know. That's yeah, it's one of those stuff. things, man. It's like, all right. And then I go a few months and nobody dies. And I'm like, well, maybe this isn't such an epidemic. And then somebody you know yeah. that you went to high school with. Could well, I mean, like, somebody Dude. you know, somebody that you know, somebody that knows somebody. Yeah, exactly. You know, and yeah. you're two degrees away or whatever. Yep. But it's, I don't know, it's a thing that we got to. 
We got to look at it. Figure out, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I, I think it, the best we can do for now is, you know, reaching out, yeah. saying something to, to yeah. anybody, you know, for that yeah. matter. And I and try then to being receptive to people who might be trying out. to reach out to you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You've got to, yeah, you've got to answer the phone when yeah. they reach out. Yeah. That's the tough part, right? <laughs> well, like if I answer his call, he's going to know I'm broken too. Yeah. Right. And, you know, cause I'm going to have to say, yeah, I feel the same way. Yeah. What if you, well, what if we did? What if I, you know, my buddy calls me and he's like, dude, I'm not doing good. I'm like, yeah, me neither. Let's figure this out. If, yeah. You know, I don't know. I think we just got to start being real with each other. Yeah. It goes back to that being humble thing. Um, is it is it any different? I haven't looked so deeply, I guess. Is it any different between male and female? Oh, it's definitely male. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It's way, way more men do it. Which there's way more men in the military anyways. Right. But percentage-wise. I think overall suicide's more like 80-20 yeah. no, men. Apart from the yeah. military, yeah, I know it's, it's a – Yeah, I d- and I don't know – I don't know the uh, – you know, I don't know if – what the actual ratio would be in the military, but um, I do know it's a lot more guys yeah. who do it. Probably because it's like I'm sorry, I just try to make you the expert on the. No, yeah, I yeah, did. and let's just say I'm not a, <laughs> yeah. I'm not a, a full disclosure. I'm no expert, mm-hmm. but uh, somebody who's been in the military and yeah, you know, yeah. you're the you're not the first. I have I've had Keith on before a couple times, but we've never gotten anything like this. We should mm-hmm. we need to drag him into something like this. Yeah, um, but he's still active, so I don't know how much he would. Or, you know, or could say. Yeah. Yeah, who knows so with, with all that. Um, <clears throat> but it, I think just talking about it, too, is is I try to post videos when I can. And, yeah, and you kind had of a solid one the other day share. on Veterans Day. Yeah, man. Uh, it was the day before that other guy, you know, yeah. took his life. So it was like, dang. Um, it's crazy. I was thinking about it. I'm like, if I hadn't posted that video on Friday because he took his life on Saturday, I would have felt like it was my fault somehow. You know, because I didn't yeah. say something like, yeah. oh, I was going to and I didn't. But well, but so that helps you then. You know that it wasn't your fault wasn't, they did that, you yeah. know, because you said something, yeah, you exactly. know, and it was a, it's a two minute Facebook video. Yeah. But it was something. It was something. And yeah. it didn't, maybe he didn't see it. Maybe it didn't hit home with him, but right. it might have hit home for somebody. Right. So it's important for us to, to get that message out. Yeah. Let people know that. We're available. I'm not a veteran. I can't imagine, you know, what it is you guys go through. But as veterans, as men, mm-hmm. to put yeah. ourselves out there and go, hey, I'm receptive. Yeah. Right. You got things going on. I've had things going on. Yeah. You know, let's relate on some level and exactly. try to work this out before it comes to an end like that. Yeah. hundred percent. And I think, I think it is important as men because we are, we're supposed to, you know, we're tribal animals, really. Humans yeah. are tribal. Yeah. And uh, as men – we need other men around us um, mm. who can who can basically do that and say, yeah, let's, you know, I've been through this, we're going through this or whatever, and share and, and just be that, you know, support for each other. Yeah. I think it's very, very important. And, uh, and it's harder in this country. You know, the Western society is such an individual uh, society that it's, it's harder than I'm sure other, yeah, you know, other places around the world. It but, feels like people in other places in the world rally around their similarities yeah better than we do here yeah. because we want to be you know we want to keep up with the joneses or we want the joneses to try to keep up with us yeah. i guess is a better way to say it. <laughs> we want to feel like we're this much ahead of the neighbors yeah you know, and i'm doing better but yeah 
And it's like, man, we could pull our resources and probably get a lot more done. (laughs) (laughs) I think about that, man. I'm like, if me and my brothers pulled our resources. Oh, yeah. And we could buy any piece of property we wanted and raise our families. But that's not the American way of doing things. I want to own the whole farm by myself, right? Yeah. 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 You guys can stare over the fence if you want to, uh-huh. but don't come over you here. Can, but you can buy the next lot. Man, maybe that's the answer. Maybe we get big groups of veterans to go in and buy a thousand acre ranches together, and, and then do. Hey, I'm down. Yeah, yeah, maybe I'm I, down. I don't have the means to even start something. We can, like well, that. me neither. But hey, but <laughs> we can plant the idea though, right? For whoever might be listening. Oh uh, yeah, uh, a thousand acre ranch where we we. Uh, Raise cattle and horses and stuff. Yeah, hey, you raise cattle, your horses, you hunt and fish on yeah. there, and you you're, have you a have bonfire a, every night. Yeah. yeah, you have some brotherhood going on yeah. there. Yeah, I think yeah. you you lose a lot. I think when you come out, if for do, for whatever yeah. it is that we're doing in the military, when we come out, we're suddenly not with our people anymore. Right. You came back to Rome, Georgia. Your buddy went back to Walla Walla, Washington, mm-hmm. and the other one went to you know Bangor, Maine. Yep. And you may or may not ever see each other again. Exactly. When you were like training together for life and death yeah and suddenly you're, he's just gone yeah you know and it's a huge shift in your life i mean yeah you're just like yeah. thrown into somewhere new it's like holy cow um yeah a lot of adjustment i'm sure a lot of guys struggle with that i mean i know they do um yeah i mean you know i saw i saw my friend i saw a couple buddies for the first time <laughs> since 2013 so it's 10 years yeah this mm. is past year you know and that was the wow. first time we've seen each other and this was, these were like my boys that i hung out with every weekend yeah. so it was the exact same thing it's like but what was cool was that we get there together we that's who we i met in gatlinburg and uh we had this cabin we get there and then it was like we never were separated it was yeah. like we picked right yeah, back pick right, up when you see two guys and maybe they're 95 years old and they've got their hats on, you know, and they see each other and there's that instant bond. Yeah. And just like they never, maybe two guys didn't even know each other. Right. You know, and and certainly if they did, they just come back together and it's like they were never apart after 50 years of not seeing each other. But I think that's probably a lot to do with it is these guys get out, get out and they think that they're, they're by themselves. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and again, and then social media, you know, running that aspect is like, Oh, look at Lyle. He's got his pictures with his family and stuff on there. He's doing great. I'm not going to bother him because uh, he doesn't yeah. want me to bother. I yeah. know I deal with that. It's like, uh, I'm not going to, I don't want to bother him. He looks them. busy. He yeah. looks like he's doing, where well, I might, I might need you to call me just as bad as you need me, you know, yeah. to call you. So it's, uh, we're all just kind of going through something, yeah. you know? So it's, yeah. Everybody's not doing way better than us. We've right. got to, we got to remember no, that's that. The, yeah, that's the the thing to remember is that it's yeah. not, you know, social media is not what it's right. What the picture that it paints, and you know, you assume that you're the only one in the trench. Yes. Yeah. Yep. That's it. But we're not, guys. There are other guys out there that yeah. You know, whatever. You're in the military. You're not in the military. You're just dealing with life and things mm-hmm. that happen you got the uh other people are too the enemy's still whispering to you it doesn't oh, matter man. who you are so what is it that you said the the devil never takes a day off he never yeah never something takes a break. yeah evil evil never takes a yeah break. yeah that's yeah, true so it's there all the time yeah it's always in the back of your head and, yep yeah so it's about opening that door of your mind and letting some some light in from yeah. from somebody else i like that's a good analogy so, let yeah. that light in because there's not it, it that's what it feels like when you're in that pit yeah, of depression yeah. and you 
don't want to get out of the bed. You don't want to brush your teeth and take showers and mm-hmm. do those things. And mm-hmm. it's just like you feel like you're in the dark. Yeah, yeah. And then if you can take that first step, whatever it is, mm-hmm. getting off the couch or picking up the phone or sending a text message or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. And it just gets the ball rolling. It does. It does. And there's there's so many things that are good for you that you can do. You know, my wife swears if she doesn't work out, she's – it's, it's a mental health thing for oh, her. It's man. not physical, yeah. it's mental. Yeah. Um, I like going for walks and stuff like that, uh, you know, get out in nature, and it's yeah. like you you come back. I leave my phone, you know, on the counter. I come back, and it's like, oh, man. All right, all those problems that I was worried about, they, they're they still there, but they're not as big. Yeah. Because, you know, you can – Get a minute to step back. A minute, yeah, just yeah. To, to realign yourself and realize – these these problems aren't so bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and they, you know, they'll they'll be there. They're gonna you can deal with them. They're gonna come when you go. have time. And yeah, yeah. yeah. no, That's absolutely. Why. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So speaking about the, uh, I don't know how, what, what time you have. I got to about ten minutes till eight. Okay, I don't know how long you want to take, but I'm. Uh, I want, how much longer do we have? Okay, cool. Six hundred <laughs> minutes. We're good. Um, no, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, um, like, you, I listened to the podcast you did after your son died. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to just kind of bring that up, and if you don't mind, I don't mind and, at all. and and talk about him. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so yeah, how how did you respond after that? Obviously, a lot of grief. And did yeah. you did you go through like depression or anything? No. And I, I still ask myself two and a half years later if I'm kidding myself. Yeah. About that. Sure. You know, we we got in the car at the hospital that night, and I think I mentioned it in the podcast, and we said this has got to point people to Jesus Mm. like it has to. That's the only, you know, with with that type of unimaginable sorrow and tragedy, like it could, it's going to either destroy your faith and prove that it wasn't ever real to begin with, or it's going to galvanize it. Yeah. And other people around you are going to see that one way or the other. (laughs) You know, we had been, we started this church in April 21. We lost him in June. Oh, wow. I didn't realize. Holy yeah, cow. right. So we're in the middle of like getting this church off the ground and all these things. And I could have said, you know, the heck with all that. I'm not doing this anymore, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I took uh, several weeks off. Um, But then what would people have said? Yeah. You know, and, it, and I didn't do it because of what people might say, might have said, but I did it because eternity is at stake yep. for a lot of people. And if people who were on the fence or had their doubts or whatever, saw that and they go, yeah, that thing he, he always talked about must not have been real mm-hmm. or it would have been there for him in that time. Um, but that was it. That was what we wow. had. And Jessica, you know, kind of looked the same way. It was that we didn't have a choice, but to make it yeah. point to Jesus. And, and since that time, man, it's, you know, we trained down here at the scramble jujitsu. Um, number one, six guys from the gym carried his casket. Wow. Right. So that's the type of bond that you get. Yeah. He trained there too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that's the brotherhood that you build, like in a group of men where you, you know, you find this common ground. Um, But since that time, I don't know, four or five, seven other guys have come to Christ. Wow. From, from that that group. And I'm not going to say it was because of what I did. But, like, God uses us, still, yeah. you know, and he yeah. opens doors for a lot of people. And he goes, well, that that guy, he's serious about that thing, right? Mm-hmm. And I saw that he went through this, and he was still that guy on the other side. And, again, it's not I, – I, I say that I'm that guy and I'm doing all these things. Without God, right. you know, I would have 
I would have been a, a useless puddle, right, and and never done anything else again in my life. But his like just asking for his strength in that moment, mm-hmm. you know, because we'll we'll say things, and I, I changed the language that I used on that at one point in my life. I would say, "Give me strength, right? Give me some strength." And when we do that, we limit it. Mm-hmm. Like God, give me you know this cup full of strength right here, and mm-hmm. that'll get me. Well, like God's strength, if we ask Him to be our strength, it's immeasurable. Yeah. And we can do insane things that we never thought of, like give the eulogy at our child's funeral. So I'm walking up the steps to do that, right, with the whole church behind me, and I'm going to go up and give my son's eulogy. And I hit the steps, and I go, I can't do this. Like, I can't. I'm not going to be able to turn around and look at these people and say these words. But, you know, in that moment, God makes himself real to us, and he's standing there. And it was like I was standing beside myself watching myself talk the things come out of my mouth that I didn't think of, you know, and I hadn't written anything down and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to say, but I'm going to get up there and do it. And it just God's yeah. words coming out, man. And and then the number of people that approached me after that and had questions about faith and what does the Bible say about this? And mm. how are you doing this? And I'm like, bro, I'm not doing anything. Yeah. You know, I'm being carried right now. <laughs> my family is being carried right now, you know, through God's power and in his will which is greater than ours even yeah. at that time. And, you know, we get into the question I've had to answer a lot of times is why would God let something like that happen? And, you know, God, we, we look at the Bible. All you got to look at the Bible and you see that bad things happen. And it's not like you come to Jesus and bad things stop happening to you. Right. You know, but we look at like the 23rd Psalm when he's talking about walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Like we did that. That's where we were. Mm. And we didn't have to fear because he was with us. Yeah. So not that we weren't going to walk through the valley, but that he was going to be in there with us. Yep. And he was. And we yep. knew that and understood it in that, the darkest of times. Mm. You know, and it was, I, I did things that I knew wasn't coming from my own source of strength, right? But it was it was only from him. And, you know, Jessica would tell you the same thing, yeah. the stuff that she's done and, and felt in that time. And it wasn't that we were never hurt, you know, or never sad or any of these things. We still are. And it's, it, mm. we will be for the rest of our lives. Um, I tell people, I've got a buddy that's a pastor that lost a child a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Um, and I told him this realization that I had at one point was that I'll never be 100% again, mm-hmm. but I can be 100% of what's left. Yeah. You know, and we do that through Christ and the strength that, yeah. that he provides for us. Yeah. No, so it's, it's an amazing testament to, uh, you know, if you just ask for help, if you ask in those times, like yeah. you guys left the hospital and we're like, okay. God, this is, you're still going to get the glory for this. Yeah. And then he, do, you know, he does it. And that's, um, man, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's something that, you know, a lot of people couldn't fathom, uh, going through, you know, yeah. at all. And, um, yeah, no, I mean, well done, you know, is all I can say. I mean, because you, you know, you're coming through on the, I mean, even to still be, you know, continue with the church and everything. It's, it's just, uh, when it was, you know, two months after, it's that's amazing. Yeah. Um, wow. No, I wanted, to, I just wanted to hear you expound upon that a little mm-hmm. bit, you know, because um, Did that I know your question. Yeah, yeah. You know, I know in the in the podcast, you're like <clears throat> I, people think, you know, don't ask me about Joseph, but you were like, ask me because yeah, I love man. talking about him. Yeah. And I can imagine, like, if it, the same thing I would do, I would be like, I want to talk about him. Yeah, yeah. he was amazing. He was you know? for eight years, right? Yeah. So, I mean, he left a little bit of a mark, but like <laughs> we, we're, we keep his memory alive. Yeah, exactly. Right? And we get to introduce him to people that never met him, yep. you know, and had the chance to know this kid. Yeah, through 
talking about him. And if people don't ask, then we don't, you yeah. know, we're not going to be like, hey, let me tell you about my son that died. Right. You know, it's that, exactly. that's a rare occasion that that comes up. Yeah. People ask, you know, I don't want to, like, rip the Band-Aid off or anything. Like, no, come on, let's do it. Yeah. Let's yeah. how awesome he was. Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. My my grandmother told me one time, she said, don't ever be afraid to ask somebody about their uh, – you know, husband that passed away. Yeah. Like, Cause she, she's, she loves it when you're, but she's getting, she's old now so you're to the point now where she can't really mm. remember. Like we just saw her and she doesn't really know who I am. Mm. And I'm like, man, this sucks. But, yeah. but she did. She was like, ask people about their loved ones. Cause I guarantee they want to talk about it. Yeah, and, um, absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's powerful. Yeah, yeah, man. But I mean, as far as, you know, we've talked about a bunch of different things tonight and, and some of them weren't great. Um, the holidays are coming up. Yeah. And that's a tough time for yeah. a lot of people and very important time when you're feeling these things to reach out and try mm -hmm. to talk to somebody if it's a pastor, a therapist, a whoever. Yeah. yeah, somebody. Yeah. I mean, yeah, just um I know we say it all the time, but it's like, yeah, just reach out to somebody. Yeah. Um it it, it can make a huge difference. but I know how hard it is, so you know. Um but I do want to just keep keep trying to uh bring the awareness to it because i think a lot of people don't understand how big of an epidemic it has been oh, with with veterans um doing that and even i didn't realize until it's like man i look around i'm like dude and some of my friends who, who passed away it was like you know years ago would have been six years ago now but i just found out like two years ago you know it's like whoa i didn't i didn't realize you know, and then you're like, man, I don't, I didn't realize he was going through anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, he didn't say anything. Yeah, you know? exactly. It's, yeah. We kind of chased that around in a circle. Crazy. But, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. That's, we got to talk, man. We got to get yeah. it out there. And it's whether you're a veteran or a parent who's lost a child, you know, you got to understand that you're not alone. Yeah. And you're not the only one that's, you know, you've got your own unique feelings in the situation, but like, you know, people have gone down the same paths before. Exactly. It's important for us to make ourselves available. Right. And for us to admit that we're struggling with things. That's yes. That, that two-way street. That's right. Yeah. That's it. Well, man, it, uh, I know we probably need to wrap this up pretty soon, but uh, it's been great having you yeah, on. Yeah, absolutely. It's been fun. Um, tell everybody how they can find your business. We got listeners yep. in the Raleigh area. Cool. So uh, you can you can look us up at ersroofingnc.com. That's the website. Um, and check us out there. We've got, I think all of our socials are at ERS Roofing NC, if I'm not mistaken. So, like, facebook.com slash ERS Roofing NC. Um, we got to try to keep content going on there yeah. um, and just try to do some education about different things and provide a good good customer service and good product in the, the construction industry. There you go. So. What about Alexis thing? Uh, yeah, so Alexa is doing virtual assistant. Um, you can look her up. Come on. I'm not going to remember the oh. – she's got an Instagram. Uh, What's it called? It's it, like Alexa. It's Alexa virtual assistant or something like that. You edit all this together. Alexa underscore virtual assistant. Alexa underscore virtual assistant. There you That's go. her Instagram tag. And you can uh, – yeah. And get in touch with her there. She she she's she understands now that she's helping me how much bookkeeping and and just paperwork is is to be done mm -hmm. with any small business. So she's just looking for small business owners who are overwhelmed with with that and want to kind of put that off on somebody who's res responsible and reliable and right. 
Yeah. She's both those things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff, man. That's it. <laughs> so. Well, man, it's been great. No, absolutely. It's Thank been you. fantastic to just be in the same room with you again. Yeah, and oh, see man. you forever. But, <laughs> it's yeah, been fun. Thank you so much. You all. all right. Thank you, guys. God bless you. Love you. See you next time. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. <laughs>